Hey everybody, welcome to Who's Left, a podcast about Indiana politics, history, and culture from an unapologetically leftist perspective. My name is Scott Aaron Rogers, and I'm broadcasting from Bloomington. A little bit of housekeeping before I get to today's guest. My last written piece on Substack was the first in a series called Who Owns the Candidates? And I looked at the financial bankers behind Jim Banks' run for the U.S. Senate. We've got defense contractors, ridiculously named acronym political action committees, and Nepo babies, oh my. Plus, a guest appearance by the late Robin Williams, that's over at scottaaronrogers.substack.com if you haven't read it yet. It's free to sign up, and I don't paywall anything. However, if you value what I do here, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. My goal is to be able to do this podcast daily, but I can only do that with your support. I'll be running a flash sale on subscriptions over there. That's scottaaronrogers.substack.com. Thank you for your support. My next piece in the Who Owns the Candidate series is Mike Braun, and the money already being spent to make him the next governor of Indiana is staggering. Uh, I'm about halfway through the research for that one. Uh, I had some good feedback, and yes, I am going to be doing The Democrats too. Uh, Jennifer McCormick will be featured in Part 3. It will be interesting to see the contrast between her donors and Braun's. We have another Federal Election Commission quarterly deadline coming up here at the end of June. I believe they have until the middle of July to file. And we should be seeing those records by August 1st. As a huge nerd... I'm really excited for that, and I can't wait to share those with you. One final diversion before the interview. Last week, Indiana was once again in the national spotlight for all the wrong reasons. In Hamilton County, that's Carmel, Fishers, Noblesville, the northern suburbs of Indianapolis, the local chapter of Moms for Liberty, the quote-unquote parental rights outfit, that has been designated an anti-LGBTQ hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center, led their inaugural newsletter with the following quote. He alone, who owns the youth, gains the future. Unquote. Okay, I guess, uh, except the author of said quote is one Adolf fucking Hitler. Needless to say, uh, not a great look. After the initial pushback, they attempted to clarify by saying, uh, quote, The quote from a horrific leader should put parents on alert. If the government has control over our children today, they control our country's future. We, the people, must be vigilant and protect children from an overreaching government. Unquote. Yeah, the overreaching government trying to keep vulnerable children from being subject to a real-life game of smear the queer at the hands of your spawn, Karen. Finally, after further pressure, the following apology was issued by their chairwoman Paige Miller, quote, We condemn Adolf Hitler's actions and his dark place in human history. We should not have quoted him in our newsletter and express our deepest apology, unquote. Or to put it simply, oopsie! Indiana, ladies and gentlemen, zero days without being a national embarrassment. So, how do decent Hoosiers prevent us from such repeated facepalms? That, 
as people who remember 1950s game shows say, is the $64,000 question. That is also a segue. A while back, on this very program, I was talking to Jessica Piper, the uh, Missouri Dirt Road Democrat organizer and social media star. Before we began rolling, she said she had just done an interview on another Indiana podcast, and I, having just begun this endeavor and not really knowing anybody in politics, said to myself, that is somebody I need to reach out to. We, separately, are trying to do the same thing. We, like Voltron, should combine powers. Well, it turns out that other podcast was called What the Gerrymander, and it is very well done. I've listened to every episode since. The guest list is impressive, and it is a must-listen for anybody interested in freeing this state from the grip of our oppressive Republican supermajority. The host of What the Gerrymander is Dr. Stephanie Gerber-Wilson. In addition to hosting a great podcast, she has been a strategic communications professional for more than 25 years. She is a business and social entrepreneur and has launched two businesses and two nonprofits. She served as the Facebook lead for the Biden Digital Coalition and is the co-founder of Hoosier Victory Alliance, an organization dedicated to, quote, taking back the power to frame our perspective by talking about what we're for, how our values affect everyone's lives, and our vision of what life in our state could be if we work together, unquote. Here is my interview with Stephanie Wilson. Stephanie, thank you so much uh, for joining Who's Left. Um, tell my oh, listeners about your um, organization, Hoosier Victory Alliance. Well, first of all, Scott, thank you so much for having me on. It's really great to talk to somebody else who's talking in this space. Um, and uh, I can't wait for more people to know about Hoosier Victory Alliance and for your listeners and, and our listeners to kind of come together in uh, more of a community. So I am the co-founder, uh, along with Mary Noon of Hoosier Victory Alliance, and it is a nonprofit that is dedicating dedicated to help uh, build power for pro-democracy candidates and causes in Indiana. So Mary um, and I both worked on Heidi Beidinger's state house campaign. Mary was the campaign manager. I was communications director. And um, we also uh, started working on Hoosier Victory Alliance even before we started working with Heidi because um, as all of your listeners know, Indiana has been captured by MAGA Republicans. Uh, and and they have gotten really extreme in Indiana and across the country. And uh, if your listeners have read any of David Pepper's work, his first book uh, was Laboratories of Autocracy. And the idea uh, is that the Republicans have known for a long time is that um, if you can elect people to state office, the states are where a lot of the policies are being enacted. And most people have absolutely no idea who their state house or their state senate representative is. Um, 
probably didn't vote anyway, but these are the people who are making the policies like um, the ban on women's reproductive freedom, on uh, healthcare for trans kids and adults, on uh, guns and whether you need a license to carry or whether you're allowed to, and at what age to have assault weapons. So the state level is where it's at. And we realized that uh, very early on. And so we created this organization to help uh, bring power back to Indiana. And um, as you and others have said, it's taken the Republicans 50 years to get to this point, but we've only kind of just woken up to the fact, and that's not really just because the states that have flipped have been working at it for at least a decade. Um, Mm -hmm. But in Indiana, we haven't really uh, started. So the point is that Hoosier Victory Alliance wants to um, bring power back. And and there are three ways primarily that we want to do it. The first is that we are trying to join every state blue and, and create blue Indiana. And we already have a, uh, a pledge page on every state's every state blues website. And we need to create, uh, to raise $64,000 in order to join Every State Blue and create Blue Indiana. And then, uh, Real quick, I want to take a quick diversion there, Stephanie. Yeah. Uh, Every State Blue, what's their website? Uh, so uh, if anybody listening now wants to go over there. All right. That is everystateblue.org. That's what I would have guessed. I uh, just wanted to make sure on that, everystateblue.org. And uh, they have an Indiana... Uh, yeah, there's the uh, landing spot. Okay, fantastic. Yes, they do. When you look at um, their, uh, they have an about page where uh, they have their projects, and uh, under projects, uh, where they have Blue Missouri, Blue Ohio, Blue Texas, there's a Blue Indiana launch fund, uh, and that people just need to pledge. And once we've gotten to sixty-four thousand dollars in pledges that's when their money will actually be given and tennessee is also uh starting a pledge drive for tennessee fantastic so what is every state blue every state blue is an organization dedicated to the idea that every single state office state legislative office House and and Senate at the state level needs to be contested. We are giving away seats to Republicans without anybody running against them. So in Indiana uh, in 2022, there were 31 House seats that were uncontested and eight Senate seats that were uncontested. And if you have a candidate in districts where even if it's deep, 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 deep red, Um, you can garner more votes for for the party and for the top of the ticket. So these um, areas, these deep, deep red areas, haven't had a Democratic presence in a long time. And so Democrats, uh, for the most part, think that they're alone. They don't know that there are other people like them, and they haven't been asked 
for their vote in a really long time. So if we just have people who understand that the real goal of, of campaigns is not to win, it's to get the most votes possible. And that is a really hard paradigm shift to understand because we're not gonna win every election. We're not even gonna win most of the elections at the beginning, but the more votes and voters that we can turn out, the more we can get people to engage, the more votes that say Jennifer McCormick will get at the top of the mm -hmm. ticket for the statewide race. So that's the idea behind Blue Indiana or Every State Blue. So hopefully people can go to everystateblue.org and, um, and pledge some money because Every State Blue takes care of all of the administrative stuff, all the compliance stuff, all the web stuff, yeah. and then we'll just be able to go and raise money to, okay, so I didn't say this before. So Every State Blue, Blue Indiana will raise money in order to give money to every single candidate who needs it, who is running for House or Senate at the state level. So um, in Ohio, they were able to give candidates at least $5,000 in all of these places where it's really hard to raise money um, and it's hard to run. At, but if you kind of understand that your role as a candidate is sort of to be the chief organizer in that area, then it's it's a much easier concept than thinking, oh my God, I'm in the reddest district ever. I'm never going to win. Why do I even try? Right? You're getting out there. You're getting people engaged. You're you're asking people for their vote. You're getting people to understand that they're not the only ones. So that is. Thing one of Hoosier Victory Alliance. Thing two of Victory, Hoosier Victory Alliance is, is it's connected, but we want to be able to train people who are running for uh, these down ballot races and even municipal races mm -hmm. to be able to run a campaign. We uh, will have a campaign academy where candidates but more importantly, their friends who are running the campaign um, can go to understand what they need to do and how to do it to run a campaign. And with both of these, um, we will have workshops available and, and conferences available to candidates and activists who are working on these state races to come together and have workshops to learn about voter protection. How do we do voter protection? We're not doing any of that in Indiana right now. Uh, how do we do messaging in a way that works? And I talked on, um, but the gerrymander of my podcast, which I'll talk about in a second, with Anat Shankar Osorio. Um, and we talked about how do you make messaging based on common values? Um, and so people will get a sense of community by all being coming together. Uh, they'll get uh, content um, that will be able to provide content and uh, ways of doing things that will, will help them with these workshops. And hopefully they'll be able to get money through Blue Indiana. And the third piece 
is uh, what the gerrymander, the podcast that I host. And the idea there is to talk to national level people who can bring their ideas down to the state level in Indiana and in other MAGA captured states. Because we have listeners, not just in Indiana, we have listeners all across the country. Um, a lot, now, I can't tell you whether it's because my relatives listen, although I'm actually not entirely sure that they do, but we have a lot of listeners <laughs> in, in Tennessee, in California, in Massachusetts. Um, uh, so one of the ideas is to get people to understand the issues in deep red states and understand that it's a, it's probably a decade long process to get where Wisconsin and Michigan and uh, Pennsylvania and Arizona have gotten, and they've been at it for a really, really long time. So, um, so we try to bring those people, we try to bring people who can help the activists uh, come up with new ideas about how to engage and the people who can talk about um, different ideas about how America might work. Uh, so, you know, the different kind of views of patriotism, which we talked about with Ben Railton, is understanding that in this country, we have always had contested ideas of what patriotism is, who is an American, because we are up against a group that doesn't believe democracy is the right way to govern, that believes that uh, only Christian, uh, they're white Christian nationalists, which means mm -hmm. that their ideas of Christianity, they believe, ought to be the basis for policy. And anyone who is not white, not Christian, not straight, not cis, um, doesn't get to have the same rights or freedoms. Mm -hmm. And um, and we'll talk about it in a bit, but they're trying to, we all know this, they're trying to ban books. They're getting into yep. um, uh, state uh, boards of education. They're now getting into boards of health, as you mm. probably mm -hmm. all of your listeners have seen recently. Uh, starting in St. Joseph County, and I can talk a little bit more about that. Um, so we're up against a, a group that isn't playing by the rules. Um, and in fact, one of the ways that Anat Schenker Osorio shared with us that we can talk about Indiana is it's not a red state, it's a rigged state. Yep, yep. Right? So I've been talking a lot, um, we can talk about how it's rigged through uh, voter suppression and gerrymandering. Um, but uh, that's kind of where we're starting. We're starting against a, a foe that doesn't, isn't playing the same game. They're, they're playing to become autocrats. And, and so we've got to stand up and, and get counted a lot more. Yes, yes, we do, and um, <clears throat> and you mentioned, you know, the, the the Republicans have had a long start. This this process um, goes back to at, at, at least uh, 1971 and the, the Powell memo, um, and 
the 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 big Republican donors, the Cokes, the Bradley Foundation, right. Richard Mellon Scaife, yada yada yada. Uh, they've been spending billions of dollars over the last fifty years uh, mm-hmm. to, to to seed these policies, and and um, I think uh, a lot of us on the left didn't really know what they were doing until say 2010 and Mm -hmm. that that year hit us like a truck um we were all so excited with the uh obama election in 2008 he won indiana for christ's sake it was not that long ago we are not like you said the state is rigged we are not overwhelmingly red we you know we we have not all fallen off the face of the earth in the last 15 years um and so they've had like a 40-year head start on us and they're they're way better funded and way better organized and uh we're we're working uphill but um yeah they're fighting for autocracy we we are fighting for democracy we are popular we have the people behind us um but it's it's going to be a slog it is and i think that um it's really important for your listeners to understand as i'm sure they do that it's going to be a slog but you got to start somewhere you can't you know, it's not going to happen on its own. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's not going to happen at all unless we pull our, our stuff together and start working on organizing and um, fighting against the gerrymandering and the voter suppression. Um, and the first piece of that is voter engagement and candidates and working together instead of working in silos. Yes. Um, about working together and i know you're you know we're, we're, we're trying to put together this uh blue indiana organization it's gonna get everybody on the same page and we're gonna fund these candidates uh down down ballot uh, one thing um and i've talked with several of my guests about this is leaning in to the collective because uh conservatives are they're, they're leaning into individuality you know, they call us communists at every turn. Um, so you know what? It, 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 we're not communists, but we cannot be afraid of community. Um, right. We cannot be afraid of togetherness. Um, and and I think we need to lean into the 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 the, the togetherness, the community, the, the 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 teamwork, and and. From from Joe Biden at the top of the ticket next year, all the way down to uh, you know the head of animal control, it needs to be Democrats. We are for the people. We believe what you believe, and we're going to deliver what you believe. Uh, I I don't even know if I want to see a single commercial next year for an individual candidate. I want to see Democrats. We're not fucking crazy, right? <laughs> right. Just like Absolutely. every every commercial break for 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 six months leading into the election. <laughs> well, you you make a very good point, which is that yes, we 
the Democrats in Indiana and in other rigged states have a really bad reputation and the Republicans are in this echo, people use echo chamber. It's alternate reality, right? Mm -hmm. They, mm -hmm. it is Daniel completely, Modi calls it Earth too. <laughs> yes, it is. They, we're not seeing the same news. We're not seeing, nope. I, I mean, they are just in a completely separate reality. So the people who believe what we believe and the vast majority of Americans and Hoosiers believe that people should have freedom over their own medical decisions, that mm -hmm. they should be safe from gun violence, that they should be free to love who they love and they should be free to live their best life. But Democrats have this reputation because the Republicans have invested so much money in, mm -hmm. in giving it to us. So you're right, we, um, first of all, commercials are freaking expensive. Oh, yes. And they're not terribly effective. So mm -hmm. what we really need to be doing is knocking on every single door in Indiana. Yes. And that's really hard yes. and it's gonna take a lot of time. But we need to start re-engaging with people on a human level so that they can see that um, what, who we are as people, right? And we believe yeah, that yeah. they do and that, and that there are ways to come together. I mean, the most effective communicator, I think, anywhere is Keith Bridget. And, and I've been telling candidates who have come, been coming to us, you know, I can, I can totally work with them on who they are as a candidate, what's their messaging, but really mm -hmm. they need to go watch every single video of Pete that they can find because he is able to come together with people on a, on a level of shared values and take apart their arguments and then reach people where no one else can reach them. So as you can tell, like I, like I came to um, people to judge long before I came to Indiana politics, um, <laughs> but he's a master of it. And so that's another thing that we, we need to do is we need to, as you say, come together in community. They always say, you know, another one of these lines is that Democrats fall in love with a candidate and Republicans fall mm -hmm. in line. Right. Like we yeah. need to start to fall. Well, well, yes and no. I mean, <laughs> I, right, I, I get that that's the. Uh, no, that's yeah, the we, thing. With Biden, not that many people were in love, but we sure online. Yeah. Right. Uh, we voted for yes. that. Yeah. Right. And. Um, if you look at Trump, the Republican Party. Up and down Fox News. Uh, everybody in 2016 did not want that man anywhere near the presidency and their base fell in love with him. Yeah, that's just true. And then the party fell in line behind him. Also true. It, it's, yeah. that's a cult. That really is a cult. It's a cult of personality. And as much as we, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, he's a buffoon and DeSantis is a buffoon. Yeah. They said that about Mussolini and Hitler too. 
You can't count them out mm-hmm. because their buffoonette is part of the playbook. So they're good yeah. at certain things uh, and not good at other things. Yes, they may be buffoons. They may not be able to, you know, string a coherent sentence together. But they're very good at manipulating people, and that is—it's uh, a skill. I don't it know if it's a good a skill, skill, but it's a skill. It, well, you know, I was listening to a an interview with Jeff Charlotte, who wrote. Um, undertow the slow civil war mm. and i mm-hmm. tried to get him it's on, on our list. podcast i tried he said yes we just didn't get a date i'm gonna keep trying but he he said um that the two single the two best orators he has ever seen and he went coast to coast to trump rallies for years are donald trump and barack obama and really? yes and that Trump had has a shtick where he is an entertainer and he brings the audience along with him. Now, that's only, you know, whatever, 25, 30% of the population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. Uh, and our side looks at him and like, doesn't like, <laughs> can't, can't be in the same group as his voice. Don't get it. But his people get what Jeff says is almost a sexual thrill out mm-hmm. of the permission they have been given to be cruel mm-hmm. and that he has brought them along because of very well calculated understanding of how to bring a crowd together, which, you know, our side is like, what are you talking about? But it's real. It is real. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, you can't deny that the the guy's got a a hold of his people and, and is not mm-hmm. letting go. And I just don't see the attraction. <sighs> well, none of us really, none of us see the attraction of somebody yeah. who is, you know, indicted for espionage. But... Sure. I mean, like, for example, um, can't stand Ted Cruz, but um, he's, I, I would at least get it if people were into Ted Cruz, you know? Um, I, I went to he, college with his wife, actually. <laughs> is that right? Yes, it's right. She was normal, uh, by the way. That, is that that's she may still be. was? Yeah. <laughs> she may still be. I don't know. I haven't talked to her in a long time. She was at my the last reunion I went to, but I didn't actually talk to her. It was well, a small school, a small too. world, isn't really it? Small school. Yeah. Yeah. Very small school, too. So, yeah. I don't know what she saw and sees. I'm not getting in the middle uh, of that relationship. I <laughs> nothing to do with. <laughs> sure. But all that said, uh, uh, Cruz speaks uh, evangelical very well, um, yes. and you know he hits all his points. He's a, he's a, he's a good. I mean, he's a skilled attorney, and is a good speaker. I, everything he says is heinous, but he's good at it. You know, I would at least get that. I don't get Trump. Yeah, well, you don't have to. Uh, well, I mean, I guess we gotta understand 
the why somehow if we're going to effectively communicate with people. And um, I mean, there is an opening. Like I was, I was a Sanders guy uh, in 16 and in 20 and, and until, um, but uh, there was, and I've, I've written about this. I've talked about this before. There was in that primary period before the 2016 general, there was a lot of overlap between Sanders people and Trump people and Republican or sorry, conservatives and, and liberals both know that, that something's not right. The system is not working well for everyday people. Uh, Trump did have his pulse on that. Yes. And very good at playing into the, the, the grievance of the system doesn't work for us. Uh, didn't deliver on any fixing the system and making it work for us. In fact, he delivered on making it work even better for his rich donors. Right. Um, I think there are still maybe enough of those people who didn't go full Trump cultist, but voted for him just for change, just for throwing a monkey wrench in the system. Mm-hmm. And and I think if we can speak to those people and get those people with us, we, it's a blowout. We blow them out. Yes. But the thing is, and I, you know, it's, it's pretty early to talk about the presidential I don't think the presidential is where where the change needs to happen. I mean, yes, like the thought of Trump being president again, like scares the living crap out of me. But but where the most heinous of the policies are coming Mm -hmm. from right now is at the state level. And that's where we can make a huge difference. Will Biden win Indiana? Unlikely. Things have changed a lot since Obama ran the data, Mm -hmm. the, the the. the technology is different. The data is different. The, the way that the Republicans have rigged the state is different. So are we going to see that now? Probably not. But can we see movement on this at the state level if we work at it day by day by day, district by district by district? I believe we can. And that's why we're starting at, at the state level. There's lots of people working at the presidential level. And, and of course, I will be doing everything I can to get Biden elected and to get people elected to federal office. But the state level is where they try out all of the policies that they want to impose on all of America. And, and so I, I think that's pretty clear that more of us need to be working at the state level and understanding its importance, which I think is happening. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think this, this summer or in the spring, rather, we've, we've seen glimpses that people in states like Indiana, not Indiana itself yet. We haven't had that, that moment, but Tennessee, Tennessee had that moment. Tennessee. Um, and, uh, like Montana is having like that moment with Zoe Zephyr, mm-hmm. uh, Nebraska and Michaela Cavanaugh and um, even Florida with Jackson. I mean, Jacksonville going democratic. I mean, but I, I have 
been saying now for months that the way to get like we need to create that moment mm-hmm. we need to mm-hmm. very thoughtfully create that moment and there have been opportunities that have just flown right by but if you can create that viral moment that can get the momentum shifting in a whole new direction um and yes i mean so i was so zephyr was freaking amazing um the justins um we need i mean part how do i say this in a nice way even in indiana the people who have power even if it's on the democratic side like the power that they have Mm. so but it's all based on a playbook that doesn't really work for the vast majority of Indiana. I mean, it works for the places where you've got people in the state house whose seats are not at risk. Sure. Um, and so we need to flip the script for the people who, who um, are not in safe seats, who really have the ability to make some noise or maybe are in safe seats, but to make some noise, create a moment where we can have, you know, uh, national eyes on something other than providing um, an abortion to a 10 year old who couldn't get it in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, So I guess we need, our Zoe Zephyr. We need our Justin Pearson. We need our Michaela Cavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not there now. But if yes, we build this blue Indiana thing, that's right. Maybe that's maybe right. they're there. I think there are a couple people that have potential, but it's got to be more than your you know onesies and twosies, and uh, and that's what we're trying to do with Blue Indiana with podcast with the you know, campaign academy with raising money, with finding ways to bring people together into a bigger community where we're not all at odds, you know, having little uh, advocacy groups that don't share their information or that aren't working together or even campaigns that are all working separately. It doesn't make any sense to me. We're on the same side. Like we need to be doing this together. It, so it really does it. need to be a community effort, a group effort. Um, keep that. We're, we're popular. 60, 65, 70% of the population agrees with Democrats on all of the most controversial issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what does that tell us? That tells us yeah. that it's not about, po- okay, so people don't get elected because of policy. Nobody in the history of creation has gotten elected because they talked about policy better, right? They get elected. It's true. Elizabeth Warren they, and her plans would be president by now. Right. And Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth Warren is a fantastic senator. She's my yes, senator. She and my, my listeners know that I, I actually live in Massachusetts. Uh, I live in Massachusetts. We're doing okay now. So I am focusing on Indiana because I, I feel like I can make a difference. Um, but you're right. Like it is the reaching people on an emotional level. 
Mm -hmm. And and what the Republicans have done is found a way to reach people on an emotional level and make them fear Democrats because they say those teachers are corrupting my kid. Mm -hmm. And what we haven't learned to say is that kid that kid who's trans and that kid who's non-binary and that kid who's scared of guns, those are all our kids. And we need to be protecting our kids. And we have not, we are getting there. Um, And this moms for, um, I call them moms for tyranny. Moms, we we don't need to call them by their, (laughs) that they want. Uh, Moms for censorship. Um, we need to understand that every one of those kids is ours and they're at risk and they're at risk from people who say they want to help them, but are really actually out to destroy them. And that it's a war on their end, that they are fighting a war against us. And our kids are the first target. They always come for the schools first. They always do. It goes back to at least Brown versus Board, if not further. Right. They Um, they come for the schools. They come for the trans. They come for uh, LGBTQ. They come for um, black people. They come for Jews. They come for Muslims. They come for anyone who's not straight, white, Christian, and male. Although uh, there's plenty of women on their side. Yeah. That, uh, what, 53% of white women voted Republican, I believe, in 2020. Um, yeah. Whiteness is a hell of a drug. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And evangelical, I mean, yes, this evangelical piece, finding a way to to have God on your side throughout history. Yes. You know, those, the the people who are fighting a holy war are able to do, willing to do just about anything. Mm. Um, Let me tell, I'm going to book recommendation quick for all of our, uh, our listeners. Uh, Hoosier, Jared Yates, Sexton's uh, the midnight kingdom power, paranoia and the coming crisis just came out in January of this year. Talks about the whole, uh, sanctifying persecution and the, the the history of it going all the way back to Rome. Great book. He's my favorite living Hoosier. But uh, really, he beats out like Ron Klain and and there's some pretty good living Hoosiers out there. Uh, I will I will take Jared over Ron Klain every day of the week and twice on Sundays. All right. <laughs> I'd still take Ron Klain on my podcast every day of the week and twice on Sundays. <laughs> is I, 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 you know, my understanding, Ron's more of a behind the scenes guy, so I don't really, right. you know, know him. But um, uh, yeah, I'm big, big fan of Jared's work. But um, so let's bring this thing back to the the local level, the you know, the state, the county township level if somebody um is interested in joining this fight you know financially sure 
you know, donate to Blue Indiana. Let's make this thing happen. But also, if you want to, you know, stick your neck out there and 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 fight and and you know take on the Republican fascists, what is what's the what's the way to go about that? Let's you know look at twenty four now. Um, exactly. We should. Where do you jump anybody in? who's interested in in twenty four? They're they've been they need to be working right now there's no like waiting until actual 2024 that it doesn't work so they should get uh we are at hoosiervictoryalliance.org um send us a note on the website and we will get you hooked in um you can donate to us um through our website um or to uh blue indiana both of which are going to be really important so that we can get candidates trained and uh, funded and get candidates, period. Like we need to work on figuring out who those candidates in the difficult districts are going to be, mm -hmm. um, helping them to, uh, to get their campaigns going understanding that theory of change that they're not out there to win but they're out there to get as many votes as they can and and working together off of a joint new uh playbook that's not the old indiana playbook we're there to to write that and so anyone who is willing to join us we welcome welcome anybody everybody so we all need to work together Yes. And we especially need if, you know, if you know anybody or if this describes you, if you are a rural Democrat or or even, uh, you know, uh, someone that's just sick of Republican overreach, uh, we, we need you uh, in in your district. We need people to run. We need people to run and we also need people to canvas and we need people to host house parties and raise money. We need people at every level and there is something for everybody to do. And it's not just our organization. Mad Voters is a tremendous organization of people who are out there knocking on doors. Um, with women for change oh, there are so many organizations out there that are doing a tremendous job and we just need to bring them all together and all be on we're you know working for the same side and um and for you listeners out there if you haven't checked out um, my podcast but the gerrymander um you can find it on our website you can find it in apple podcasts what the gerrymander and we'll be talking to a lot of those people to help people understand the the numerous different ways that they can get involved and scott you you should come on and we'll reach I would love out to. to your listeners as well and uh we're starting a new season in the fall whatever the fall means i'm not sure yet august or september and um yeah, this is year round. This is the Republicans don't take breaks. I mean, everybody should take a break personally <laughs> so that you have the the ability to refresh yourself. Yes. Everybody Self needs a break. If if you are having a news 
crisis and you just can't watch anymore, turn it off. Find a way to, to, you know, get ready and get rested. And we, we all need those breaks, but we all need to come back to secure your own mask before helping others. Exactly. Exactly. Which is why I'm about to, you know, go off the grid for a couple of weeks myself. So that sounds great. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, getting together with family here in a couple of weeks and shutting off the phone for a few days. It'll be good to, it'll be good get, that, get off the Twitter. Oh my gosh. So also people, Twitter doesn't change anybody's mind. Twitter is actually not that useful anymore. Especially now. Re- yeah, it, it Especially now. At all. Uh, find your Facebook groups of your people. That is where, and TikTok. Those are the two places where, uh, where change is happening and real people are organizing. Twitter isn't even very good for getting your news anymore. Like usually I could go to Twitter mm-hmm. and find out what was going on in Ukraine and Russia, like in a heartbeat because all the experts were there. It was much harder this time to figure out what yeah. was going on. I will tell you yesterday they had, they had some pretty good spaces. Uh, Ruth Ben Gatt was in a couple of them and I, I listened mm-hmm. to her on everything regarding yeah. authoritarianism and Putin. Oh, she's uh, amazing. She's brilliant. Yeah. Um, the people to follow on, on Russia are, Michael McFall, uh, mm-hmm. both Alexander and Evgeny Bindman, uh, Gary Kasparov certainly has a very good insight, even though he hasn't lived there in a long, long time. So Julia Yaffe and Julia Davis are both good people to, they're all good people to follow for real. They're all good. good. I, I, I love uh, Sarah Kenzier um, and uh, Dave Troy on stuff like that too. Yeah. And if you aren't listening to angry staffer, I mean, following him on Twitter, you ought to be. He is somewhere in the national security space in the United States government. He was a White House staffer. He is dedicated to remaining uh, anonymous, but he has access to inside polling, uh, Republicans and Democrats, um, his information has never steered me wrong. So he's a good one to pay attention to. And, you know, and check out the new places like Spoutable, I like a lot. Um, I'm on post, but haven't been in there in a while. I'm not a big fan of Mastodon. There's lots of places. Yeah, I haven't found my... My my new landing spot yet. I'm 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 still pissed about Twitter, but um. well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think Jessica Jessica Craven made the argument to me when I had her on that TikTok is where it's at, and I think that if people my age could get over ourselves enough to get on TikTok, and a lot of there are a lot of people, but I think that is where the greatest opportunity is. But I think it's hard for a lot of us who are my age and older to get over ourselves and get on camera. I definitely uh, have that. Well, I don't know about fear of the camera. I just I had a hard time getting on the TikTok. I'll have to ask my 15 year old to help me get started. The algorithm is 
so impressive that within five minutes, it will know everything that you are interested in and will only feed that to you. It's, it's crazy. And it's, uh, it's unbelievable how good that algorithm is. And get it um, while it's legal kids. Right. Exactly. And, and yeah, it could be like the worst thing for national security. I, I do. I am aware of that, but it's a good place for organizing right now, especially, I mean, Gen Z, oh God, Gen Z is the, they're the ones that are going to save us. So got to be talking to them. Uh, yes, they, 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 they have to. Uh, yeah, well, well, they will. Um, Dr. Stephanie Wilson, thank you so much for joining me here on Who's Left, and I cannot wait to talk to you again in the future. Well, it has been wonderful, and I invite you on to What the Gerrymander, and I really enjoy talking to you as well. Thank you so much for having me on. That was my interview with Stephanie Wilson, host of the What the Gerrymander podcast and co-founder of Hoosier Victory Alliance. A quick summary. Number one, if you can afford it, please donate to Hoosier Victory Alliance. Let's get Blue Indiana off the ground. Go to HoosierVictoryAlliance.org and click the donate button right at the top of the page. Number two, are you or somebody you know, a resident of rural Indiana, or any district captured by MAGA Republicans. Have you ever considered running for office? We need you. Contact Hoosier Victory Alliance and or your county Democratic Party chairperson. Stephanie noted very early in this interview that the states are where policy is made now. Forty years of Reaganism and the successful capture of the U.S. Supreme Court by wealth interests have led to the situation in which the federal government has been effectively neutered, and the little fascists and their little fiefdoms have had free reign to conduct what David Pepper calls experiments in autocracy. The world I grew up in, where the federal government protected individuals from the worst state overreach, is dead, killed by a thousand cuts. The state capitals are the new battlefield, and Republicans have a well-organized, amply funded army entrenched in optimal position. Our only strength is numbers. And even then, that's only if we all show up. I have watched as Tennessee, Nebraska, Kansas, Montana, and Wisconsin have all had big wake-up moments in the past year. Where is ours? Where is Indiana's moment? We must create it. We must send wave after wave after wave of pro-democracy Hoosiers into battle against the forces of autocracy. Most won't make it, but they'll let their neighbors know they're not alone. They'll force Republicans to spend money in places they didn't have to before. They'll generate votes that help Jennifer McCormick Mark Carmichael and President Biden at the top of the ticket, and some will make it. And maybe, just maybe, one of those someones will be our Justin Pearson, our Zoe Zephyr, our Janet Protasevich, our rock star that captures Indiana's imagination and shakes this state out of its stupor. So, for every Hoosier that values democracy, it's all hands on deck. All right. <laughs>
that is it for me this time. Once again, I'd like to thank Stephanie Wilson for joining me, and I'd like to thank you for listening. Please share this podcast with one friend, and if you would, rate and review Who's Left on your podcast player of choice. That really helps introduce new listeners to the pod. My written work, once again, is over at scottaaronrogers.substack.com, and if you need to get a hold of me before next time, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at scottrog78. That's S-C-O-T-T-R-O-G-7-8. So, from the rolling hills of southern Indiana, this has been the Who's Left Podcast. I'm Scott Aaron Rogers. Until next time, love each other.